My sister, let's bow down for a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity that we can have before you. And we thank you that you have brought us before your table and you have drawn us with to yourself with your love. And through the bread and the cup, we can see how much you have loved us and how much you have offered yourself for us. And we want to offer all thanksgiving and praise. And we also commit the following time into your hands. And you be with us. Lord, you know our conditioning, you know our needs. Lord, as we continue to bring a heart of seeking you before you, may you speak to us. We commit the one who speaks, the one who translates, and all who are listening. May you give us a teachable heart and a hearing ear to hear your words. We commit this following time into your hands. May you be with us. Let us turn to a few passages of scripture. First, let us read Deuteronomy chapter 8. We'll read from verse 2 all the way to the end. Kansel 你的心里思想也还你神管教你好像好像人管教儿子一样你要谨守也还你神的诫命专守他的道敬畏他因为也还你神领你进入美地那里有河有泉有源从山谷中流出水来那里有小麦大麦葡萄树五花果树石榴树橄榄树和蜜你在那地不缺食物一无所缺那地的石头是铁山类可以挖土你吃得饱足就要称颂耶和华你的神因他将那美地赐给你的你要谨慎免得忘记耶和华你的神不守他的诫
面前怎样使列国的民灭亡，你们也必照样灭亡，因为你们不听从耶和华你们神的话。You shall remember all the ways, all, all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these forty years, that He might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep His commandments or not. He humbled you and let you be hungry, and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these forty years. Thus you are to know in your hearts that the Lord your God has disciplined you as a man disciplines his son. Therefore you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks and of water, of fountains and springs. Flowing forth in valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land where you will eat food without scarcity, in which you will not lack anything, a land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are satisfied, you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which He has given you. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping His commandments and His ordinances and His statutes, which I am commanding you today. Otherwise, when you have eaten and are satisfied, and have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply, and your silver and gold multiply, and all that you have multiplies, then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. He led you through the great and terrible wilderness, with his fiery serpents and scorpions, and thirsty ground where there was no water. He brought water for you out of the rock of flint. In the wilderness, he fed you manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you, and that he might test you to do good for you in the end. Otherwise, you may say in your heart, My power and the strength of my hand made me this wealth. But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who has given you power to make wealth, that he may confirm his covenant which he swore to your fathers as of this day. It shall come about if you ever forget the Lord your God and go after other gods and serve them and worship them. I testify against you today that you will surely perish. With nations that the Lord makes to perish before you, so you shall perish, because you will not listen to the voice of the Lord your God. Now let us also turn to First Peter chapter one to seven. So the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Let us also turn to our theme、uh, verse for this year, which is、uh, John chapter ten, verse seventeen. Uh, 十十节 ten ten. I'm sorry, John chapter ten, verse ten. Uh, You know that John ten ten speaks of the theme that we have been going through the past year, which is that we are to receive of the life of the Lord. Because in the Lord's words, He said that He has come that the sheep may have life and they may have it more abundantly. We know that our life of the Lord is that God wants to give us life. We know that today we can receive life because God was pleased to give His life to His people. But it requires faith on our part. Because only in faith can we receive this life. Because in the beginning, when we first believe, we we believe, and then we repent, and then we come to the Lord, and the Lord gives us this life. That's the life we know to get more abundant. But we know that in order for this life to grow, it needs to go through testing and trial. Because if we, if our life does not go through this testing, then I believe it is a very young and immature life. So, 
So in order to bring us into a more abundant life, the Lord brings us through various circumstances. In this way, we can understand the way of the Lord and His works and His ways. And the purpose of this is so that the Lord is leading us to uh, bring us into life and life more abundant. We know that our life has, uh, that the Lord's life is directly related to our life. And it's when it says, as in First Peter, that the faith, proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, I believe that is also the more abundant life. So today the Lord has saved us and He leaves us on this earth. He gives us our days so that we may have life more abundant. So we may face various circumstances. So today let us look at what the Israelites have learned on their way in the wilderness. Some of these things are for our warning. And certain things are what we should are an example for us to follow in as it says in verse uh, 2 in Deuteronomy chapter 8. At that time, the Israelites were on the doorstep of Canaan, preparing to enter in. You shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these forty years, that he might humble you, testing you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep commandments or not. We know that the Lord knows every thought and intention in the hearts of the Israelites. But the Israelites themselves did not know themselves. Many times we think that we know how we are. But the Lord knows our condition. And because He knows, He will lead us through various trials in our faith. And only after we go through these trials will we know for ourselves what we are like. So originally, the Israelites did not need 40 years to enter Canaan. We know that it was more than a year after, um, after they were uh, at Sinai, and then another year, and then they were at Canaan's doorstep. And we know that it was recorded in Numbers 13 that they were at the wilderness of Haran. And then they sent 12 spies to check out the land of Canaan. And we know that there were 10 of the spies who gave an evil report. And after that, the Israelites did not want to go in. And as it says in Numbers 14, verse 4, So they said to one another, Let us appoint a leader and return to Egypt. We know that the Israelites did not want to enter Canaan. They wanted to go back to Egypt. And we know that this was very displeasing to the Lord, and it was sin against the Lord. 
And we know that when the, when God brought the Israelites out of Egypt, we know that God spoke one thing. We know that when the Lord brought them out, He said that it was so that the people in this world may know that He is the Lord, that He is Jehovah. We know that when God was going to bring them out of Egypt, that Pharaoh and the people were unwilling. And then they used different ways of persecution against the Israelites. And even though they were unwilling, then God told them, and He said that if I were to destroy you with plagues, then not one of you would remain. But even if I do not destroy all of you, I will send you, uh, the Lord sent these plagues so that when the Israelites were finally taken out of Egypt, that the people would know that He is God. And so we saw how God sent the ten plagues in order to bring the Israelites out. And then we know that the that Egypt sent out their armies and that they were drowned in the Red Sea. At this point, God had already taken the Israelites out of Egypt. But here we see that it said that the Israelites wanted to return to Egypt. And so if they were to return to Egypt, what would happen to God's name? Because God said that I have brought you out so that they may know that I am God. But now the Israelites wanted to go back. And we see how God's name would be shamed greatly if the Israelites truly returned to Egypt. And the other people would say, see, uh, say to the Lord, see, the people that you brought out are still here. And this is something God would absolutely not allow. And this is something that truly is rebellion and sin against God, and He would not allow it. We also know that when the Israelites were worshiping idols, so we know that uh, when the Israelites were worshiping uh, the, the idols, that God said that he would destroy those people and make from uh, Moses' descendants a great nation. Yeah, said, but Moses said, this cannot be. Because Moses knew that the name of God was tied to these Israelites. God said that he would lead these people into Canaan. So if these people all died in the wilderness, they would not enter Canaan. But God has said he would bring them into Canaan. But if God did that, then uh, they would all die in the wilderness and he would not accomplish his purpose. So this is what Moses told the Lord. And he would say that uh, what would happen to your name if you did not bring them into, uh, if, if, if they all died in the wilderness and did not enter the promised land. And Moses said that if you did this, then people would um, mock your name and say that you had the ability to bring these people out of Egypt, but you were unable to bring them into the land. And this is how Moses understood the Lord.
，但是后他们以色列人来到那个那迦南的门口要进去。And so when the Israelites reached Canaan's doorstep preparing to enter， 但结果以色列人说我不进去，我要回埃及去。The Israelites said, "We don't want to enter. We want to go back." And that is truly sinned against the Lord. And what was their、uh, reason? In Numbers 13, verse 31. 因为这是十个探子回来拜恶恶性的，他们就这样做。但那地和他统治的人，我们不能上去攻击那民，因为他们比我们强壮。探子中有人论到说，去他之地向以色列人报恶性，说我们是窥探经过之地，是吞吃之民之地。我们在那地所看见的人民都身量高大。我们在那里看见亚兰族人，就是伟人，他们是伟人的后裔。据我们看，自己就如咱们一样；据他们看，我们也是如此。But the men,、uh, verse thirty-one to thirty-three, but the men who had gone up with him said, "We are not able to go up against the people, for they are too strong for us." So they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, "The land which we have gone and spying it out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great size." Then we also saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, are part of the Nephilim, and we became like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. So from here we can see, he doesn't want to go in. There is only one reason, and that is that they are strong. And so we see. So we see the reason for not going in is that they saw these、uh, giants or nephilim and they are too strong. It was the land that devours its inhabitants. So if we go in, we will definitely we will surely die. If, if we eat, go in, we will be swallowed up because it's the land that devours its inhabitants. He says, It says we became like grasshoppers in our own sight. The Israelites looked at themselves and compared themselves to these、um, uh, these Nephilim or giants. And the ten spies says we looked at ourselves and we feel like we're grasshoppers. And so it says that we are also in the same in their sight. And、so the the people of the land also viewed the Israelites as grasshoppers. 就是因为这样，他不想进去。And because of this, they did not want to go in. 从这里我们看见。So from here we see. 以色列人进去是要靠他的自己。That the Israelites wanted to go in by their own strength. 他不是凭着信心。They weren't going in by faith. 他因为进去他那个能力，他进去那个本事，以色列人要靠他自己。And the, and so the Israelites wanted to enter according to themselves when they were looking at what basis they would enter. So he just looked at himself. He looked at himself and compared himself. And so they kept looking at themselves and they compared themselves with、uh, the Canaanites and they said there was no comparison. He was looking at himself and compared himself with the Canaanites. So by yourself, you see that you are on just grasshoppers. It is the land that devours its inhabitants, so you will be swallowed up. And because of that, they were unwilling to enter the land. They did also see that it is the land flowing with milk and honey. And we saw that, for example, that they that there were people who carried a、uh, a branch of a single cluster of grapes, and they carried it on a pole between two men. And we we now to to buy this apple tree, there is one apple tree, one branch, two men carrying. And today, if you go to the supermarket and you buy grapes, will will you find grapes that require two people to carry? We know that it was such a rich land. But they did not have faith. Because they had faith, so God gave them the land for 40 years. 
And because they did not have faith, God allowed them to stay in the wilderness an extra 40 years. So that they would learn the lesson of faith. It was to test them so that they may know themselves. And on the other hand, we see uh, Joshua and Caleb. That they had faith. In uh, Numbers 14, verse 8, or Numbers 14, verse 6, Joshua and Caleb, they, they tore their clothes. And and then they said that it was an exceedingly good land. And in verse 8, if the Lord is pleased with us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Because uh, Joshua and Caleb knew that regarding this land, it was what God was pleased. Because uh, Joshua and Caleb, they knew what was pleasing to the Lord, and their faith was founded on what was pleasing to the Lord. For them, as long as it was pleasing to the Lord, that was sufficient for them. They knew that this was not a, that, that if this land was pleasing to the Lord, that it was what the Lord was giving them, not something they had to fight for. And so verse 9 says, Only do not rebel against the Lord. But the Israelites did rebel against it. Because they wanted to return to Egypt. This was the rebellion of Israel. We see that Joshua and Caleb wanted to enter. But in verse 10 it says, But all the congregation said to stone them with stones. So at that time, Joshua, uh, the, the congregation already wanted to uh, stone Joshua and Caleb. Because they rejected these two people. They did not want these two people to bring them in. And so they wanted to stone them. But we know after 40 years, the next generation of the Israelites, it was still these two people who brought them in. God used these people who had seen the way of faith and were pleasing to the Lord, and he used them to bring the next generation in. It was still Joshua and Caleb who brought them in. But here they are rejected. They were not walking the way of faith. And because they had rejected the way of the Lord, they rejected the Lord. And so it says in verse 34, According to the number of days which you spied out the land, 40 days, for every day you shall bear your fields for a year, even 40 years, and you will know my opposition. And for this reason, they wandered in the wilderness 40 years. We know that it was not God who distanced himself from the Israelites, it was the Israelites who distanced themselves. And because the Israelites distanced themselves from the Lord, so they wandered in the wilderness 40 years. So when we then come to Deuteronomy 8, they are again at Canaan's doorstep. 
就告诉他们的百姓。And now Moses told the people of Israel. 为什么你们要在旷野漂流这四十年 ？Why they had to wander for forty years? 所以在这漂流四十年里面，他告诉以色列人们，现在你要学一个功课了。And so Moses said that now that you have wandered in the wilderness forty years, you must learn a lesson. You have to understand yourself. You must understand what is going on. So, in particular, in verse three, he said, He humbled you and let you be hungry and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. 在这里，以色列人在旷野四十年，他要学一个功课，他要活的是依靠神的话，不是依靠食物，单靠食物。We see that God wanted them to learn this lesson in those forty years that they did not live. By their own strength or by bread, but they live by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We know that we must have food to survive. But in the wilderness, if you are looking for food, you will not find anything. If you are looking for water, you won't find it. It was. We can estimate that in the wilderness, in the desert, there were about two million Israelites. So how many? How much food does two million Israelites require? How much food do you need to bring so it will be sufficient? Because you will not find anything in the desert. You must rely on food. But two million people, how would you find food? You're eating for ten days, twenty days, even a year. How much food do you need? So if you want to rely on food, you will definitely die of hunger. But God's word says, "I will bring you into Canaan." And if you will bring into, if you will be brought into Canaan, then you cannot perish. If you die, how can you enter Canaan? God will not bring dead people into Canaan. And so here you must see God's word says He will bring you into Canaan. And because He will bring you into Canaan, you cannot die. But we know that if people want to survive, they must eat. So if you don't eat, you die of hunger. And if you can't find food in the desert, what do you do? But what should you do? That is not. It is not for you to worry about. It is God's thing to deal with. If God will not allow the Israelites to die, He must find some way for them to live. Now we know again in the desert you will not find food. So God opened the windows of heaven and He brought down food for them to eat. We see that man does not live by bread alone. If you live by bread, you will die. But you must rely on the word of the Lord. God's word says you will enter, so you will not die. And then, if you have nothing to eat on this earth, the Lord will find a way. And it says in verse three, He humbled you and let you be hungry. We can also see the story of manna in Exodus. And so we see in oh sorry in chapter 15 we see how it speaks about the bitter waters made sweet, and in verse chapter 16 it speaks about manna. We can see manna's water is in. 
Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And there they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. I believe when they were in the wilderness of Shur, they must have been seeking those three days for water, because in the desert, water is very essential. And so after three days, you could not find water. And in verse 23, when they came to Mara, they could not find, they could not drink the waters of Mara, for they were bitter. Therefore, it was named Mara. And so after three days, they were finally able to find water. But this water was not drinkable. So how did they feel? So what was their conclusion? There's no will, there's no water in the wilderness. And so when they saw that after three days they could not find water and they saw this water that was undrinkable, they were very disappointed. If you don't if you don't drink water, you will die. And so we saw how God told them to throw the tree in and the waters became sweet. And then in chapter 16, verse 3, the sons of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat, when we ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out into this wilderness that killed this whole assembly with hunger. And so the people were saying that we would rather die being filled with food. But now if we're here in the wilderness, we are dying of hunger. That is, and they said that this was so bad. So the Israelites said that given that because we are going to die one way or another, they would rather die with their stomachs full rather than die on an empty stomach. But then we remember from Deuteronomy that God allowed them to be hungry. And he wanted to see the Israelites that when they were hungry, what would they try to do? And so the Israelites concluded that if there's nothing to eat, then they will die. And so in verse 12, we see how God prepares to bring manna from heaven for them to eat. And so uh, we, here we see that the Israelites have to learn a lesson. And so in uh, Deuteronomy 8.3, He humbled you and let you be hungry, and fed you with manna, which you do not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. This is a lesson of faith for this. That God's word is trustworthy. And on this way of faith, we must believe in the word of God. Recall how the Lord once led his disciples uh, in the New Testament, and how he said, let us cross over to the other side of the sea. And that was a lesson of faith for the disciples, because God said that they would go to the other side. 
And so they made it halfway across, and there was a great storm, and the disciples feared that the boat would be overturned. But if the, if the boat overturned, they would not make it to the other side. And so given the circumstances, this was another test of faith. How do you understand the word of God? God said you will go to the other side. And so if you believe in the Lord's words, then you see how Jesus was asleep on a boat. Then you could do the same. Because God's words said you will go to the other side. And how you get to the other side, that is for the Lord's man. So if he had such faith, then the disciples saw Jesus asleep on the boat. They would also do the same. Wouldn't that be so much less work? Because how to get to the other side is not for the disciples to decide. So, so even if you just uh, lie there and do nothing. But instead, they became nervous. They, they forgot God's words, which was that they would go to the other side. So here we see the question posed to us, which is, do we have faith in God's word? This is the source of our faith. And this is how we, uh, the, our, how we can rely on if we believe the Lord's words, then we see that the word of God is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And if we have the word of God, then we have strength. If we have the word of God, we can walk this way of faith. So when we are tested in our faith, this is how we can understand the Lord. This is one lesson the Israelites learned on the, in the wilderness. And then in verse 4, Your clothing did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. So as they approach Canaan's doorsteps, the Israelites, they, um, they look down, take a look at their two feet. These feet walked in the wilderness for 40 years, but there was no swelling. So if you look at your feet, you see where you have already walked. The Israelites should have faith to continue walking. Because uh, you walk 40 years and your feet do not swell. And some people would say that the Israelites must have been given very special feet, unlike ours. And you don't even need 40 years. If you walk 40 days, even 4 days, your feet would probably begin swelling. But we see how there were two million people, they walked in the wilderness 40 years, and their feet did not swell. What kind of feet is this? Because God allowed them to walk 40 years. And so he gave them the feet that would be able to walk. So if these feet started swelling, if they started having trouble walking, how would they finish? And so we see how it is very special that they're able to walk for the years, and not, not ordinary that they did not swell. And so from the way that they walk, we see how they saw God's grace. Without God's grace, how can you walk 40 years in the wilderness? So brothers and sisters, as we face many difficulties and troubles in our faith, 
Don't forget to look back and see how God led you through each circumstance. We know that brothers and sisters sometimes will pray that God may give them the light as they look back. You know that this year the theme of the youth conference is taste and see that the Lord is good. And then you know how good the Lord is. Many times we have tasted and seen of the Lord. And if we look back and see the grace that we have experienced, we will see how the Lord is so good and so sweet. And we know that next week we have yet another uh, open sharing time. These are all testimonies of how we have already tasted of the Lord. That is the way that we have walked already. So we must have God's grace for us to see. That His grace is sufficient for us. No matter how difficult the circumstances are. That this is what the Lord has prepared for us, and the Lord will have grace for us. We see how if God does not want the Israelites to uh, die of hunger, He will give them food to eat. And if the Lord wants the Israelites to walk 40 years without, um, without trouble, He will make sure their feet do not swell. So we must have faith before God. Do not fear the, the difficulties to come. God's grace is sufficient for us. Because we know that the Bible says that the grace God gives us is exceeds the way that He will uh, prepare for us. On this earth, we must uh, know the Lord. We will go through many circumstances. We need God's grace. Without God's grace, in many of these circumstances, we will fail. But we see how God leads us through these trials of faith so that our faith will be like uh, more precious than gold that perishes. And it must be grace that leads us through. And it says that their clothing did not wear out. So of course you need you need clothing those forty years. So of course God can create out of nothing. So if your clothing started getting damaged, the Lord could just drop clothing down from heaven. But perhaps God thought that this would be too much trouble, and so He would use some way to make sure that the clothing did not wear out. And if the clothing does not wear out, then you don't need new clothing. And so, does anyone have any clothing that doesn't wear out after 40 years, especially if you're in the, in the wilderness and, and exposed to all the elements? We see that in the wilderness, whatever the Israelites needed to eat, the Lord provided, and whatever they needed to wear, the Lord provided. We see that all these needs of life that the Lord provided abundance. And so, as, and so when the Lord taught us how to pray, 
他说我们先求他的国和他的义，你的吃跟穿你不要担心。He said, first seek the seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Do not worry about what you will wear, what you will eat. 你说你看天上的飞鸟，它也不种也不收，地上的小花什么都不种，神都看顾。He said that if you look at the birds of the air, that they don't sow, but the Lord provides for them, and also the the flowers of the field. 更何况你是神的儿女。And even more so if you are the children of God. So if you are the children of God, then the Lord will provide for you. You do not have to fear. This is the word of God. Do we have faith to believe and trust? And so this is the lesson that Moses reminded the Israelites. So when you enter the land of Canaan, if you encounter many difficulties, you must look back on the way that you've already walked. Look back how the Lord has led you. And by faith, you walk the way forward. And the verse, verse 5 speaks of discipline. Okay, we're going to do it. And now let's also continue to verse seven. What did you do? Because Yahweh your God led you into the land of Canaan, into the land of milk and honey, into the land of water flowing from the mountains. The land has small trees, small trees, pineapple trees, pomegranates, grapes, and meat. You are in the land of Canaan, but you have no need for anything. We see in verse 79, For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs, flowing forth in valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of, figs, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land where you will eat food without scarcity, in which you will not lack anything, a land whose stones are iron, and on whose hills you can dig copper. You see that the land is not lacking anything. Yeah, it says uh, you will not lack anything. All their needs, they're there. And of course, in the spiritual meaning, we see the richness of Christ. Then when we enter into the riches of Christ, we see that we lack nothing. And I believe that our brother Lucio has already shared about this. And we see the warning that comes in verse 10. When you have eaten and are satisfied, you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his ordinances and his statutes which I am commanding you today. We see that the Lord tells us to not forget. He tells us that when they have, you have eaten and are satisfied, you shall bless the Lord your God, you shall thank the Lord. And the warning continues in verse 12. Otherwise, when you have eaten and are satisfied, and have built good houses and lived in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply, and your silver and gold multiply, and all that you have multiplies, then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God, who brought you out from the land of Egypt, out of the, land, out of the house of slavery. And then verse 17. Otherwise, you may say in your heart, my power and the strength of my hand made me this well. This is the great warning to the Israelites. That uh, in all circumstances, 
that when you're doing well, you forget the, you forget God. And today you say instead of what is God has given you, you say it is by your own strength. You have a place to uh, stay. You have food to eat. You have clothing to wear. It says in verse twelve, you have built good houses and lived in them. It's, it's good houses, very comfortable houses. But it was so comfortable that you forget God. Brothers and sisters, we see this very often. And sometimes, for example, if I speak to a brother who is doing very well, he may say that he has good, uh, he has a very uh, good lifestyle. And I ask him if he is reading the Bible or praying, and he says he is not. He says he is a Christian, but he is a uh, hesitant to speak about the things of the Lord. And then one day this brother uh, called me and was like, can you pray for me? And I asked, what happened? Because he said, God's judgment has come. And he said that when he lived in such a big house in such comfort, that he forgot all things. He did not uh, enjoy it with a heart of gratitude. And we see how some people may, perhaps because they earn so much money, that they have used their money to sin against God. And some brothers and sisters have gone through such weakness before. This is the warning that God gave to the Israelites. And that is the warning that is given to us too. When the Lord has given us peace and riches that we should continue to give uh, thank the Lord, we should not forget His goodness. Especially when in 2020, when the pandemic first started, there were many brothers and sisters who told me, they said, thank the Lord that I'm stuck at home. And so they said they would uh, pray every day, pray for each day, they would read their Bible daily and join every meeting. And they said that because of that experience, now they have the habit of constantly going to the Lord in prayer and reading the word daily. And I asked him, so or her, uh, why did you not do this in the past? And I asked, oh, in the past, when you also had this comfortable house and a good family, why didn't you spend the time before the Lord? And they said that they were so comfortable that they forgot. So we must not forget the Lord's grace. And so not too long ago, a brother testified here. He said that when he uh he had um that he used to rely on himself when he would study. And he said that uh, he had to um he uh he had to um uh live by himself. So he said when the tuition came, he didn't know how he would pay for it. Since he had to pay his own expenses, he said every time the bill came, he would have to pray to the Lord and see how the Lord would provide. And he testified how this happened to him, not once or twice, but it happened several years during his study. And each time the Lord would provide. 
He finished his uh his um his studies. And now he has uh already he's already in the workforce, he already has a family. And he said that uh when he was still a student, he could not even think about buying a house. But now that he has all these things, he is full of gratitude. And he recalls how the Lord led him on this way of faith. And today the Lord has given him all these things and he is full of gratitude. It truly is God's grace. So let us look at all that we have. It is all God's grace. God has given us all these things so that we may have a heart of uh of gratitude and of uh humility to come before him. And he uses all these circumstances for us to learn. That we may know the Lord. And we may rely on his word. That we may walk upon this way of faith. And that we can receive the life of God. And by these experiences, we may uh, gain the Lord himself. May the Lord lead us on this way of faith. By the leading of the Holy Spirit, one or two brothers and sisters can pray close the time. Lord, we just thank you for your speaking indeed. Lord, you have blessed us, you have provided so much, and most of all, you have given us your beloved Son, and with him all things. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that it is not uh, the material.